20. Matthew 20. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Praise his name. God's blessed us to be here today. I don't want to take it lightly. Amen. I want to put my heart into it. I want to give God my best. Hallelujah. I know the devil has been fighting. And I think Sunday, a couple of testimonies were just about the battles that folks were going through. And that's not changed. There's been some more battles since then. But, you know, we're on the winning side. The devil's just trying to get our mind, like Brother Mike was saying, on other things. And, but God's got a plan. And I want to keep my focus no matter what's going on. Father, we love you. Thank you for your presence here tonight and for your faithful people. God, we know time is short. We know that it is desperate that we might, Lord, be everything you called us to be, Lord. The way is narrow. Lord, we want to be part of the few that find it. God, help us tonight. Lord, anoint this word. Anoint our hearts and our ears to hear. God, we love you. We praise you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Matthew 20, let's start in verse 25. Jesus, but Jesus called them unto him and said, you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them and they that are great exercise authority upon them, but it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to call this called to minister. Called to minister. My, My heart's desire is that God would have us on a firm foundation. I've quoted it earlier that the way is narrow and few there be that find it. And I'm not here to try to cause anybody to be insecure, but listen to me. The way truly is narrow. Oh, there's a lot of people that are calling themselves Christians. And I found in my own life, hear me now, I found in my own life that a lot of the things we'd look at others and say, man, they don't have it like they ought to have it. And, and they're missing something. I started looking at myself more than I started looking out there and realizing God. You've got your work cut out for you. God, I, I, I don't want to, to, to allow myself to be overwhelmed in such a way, but God, I don't want to be lazy in my own walk with you. I want to make sure I'm on my way to heaven. I want to make sure I got all of what God has. Can I tell you today, this world and its way of looking at things, this world and its way of, uh, uh, of what is important to it is so different than God's kingdom. We use the term worldliness a lot. Yeah. And uh, we might talk about, you know, the, the music of this world, the entertainment of this world, sometimes the way the world presents itself. But there's so much more to it than that. Right. But listen, Jesus says, what the world calls great yeah. is not what my people, what I call great. Amen. What is great and what people aspire to be, what people uh, uh, try so hard to be. You better watch what influences you. Uh, I, I, I know 
in my own life, I feel like I've seen it firsthand how this world, the media, the, 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 the entertainment, the music, it, 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 it brings you into a culture of what they think is great, what they celebrate, what you want to look like, what you want to aspire to be, what's important to you, the priorities of this world. But God said, I'll tell you what's great. You want to hear well done? Remember we talked about hearing well done, good and faithful servant. We're not only going to have to do well, we're going to have to do well at what God thinks is great. What a waste of a life to do well in things that are a waste of time. Amen. What if you put all your focus in and all your energy into things that God says, I never said that was great. That's not going to make you great. Not in my eyes. But we can look to Jesus. We can look to Jesus as our example. Amen. You want to be great in God's eyes? Follow Jesus. Tell him to fill you with his spirit. Well, praise God. I want to I want to be more like him to be great in his kingdom. I, I know there's a lot living for God has a lot of different facets, doesn't it? There's a lot of different areas uh, of of things that we look at in our in our walk. Our doctrine, I, I believe, needs to line up with the word of God. Not the traditions of man, not the traditions of, uh, of man-made denominations. But we need to uh, look at the Word of God and, and know what the Word of God teaches. Yes, it doesn't matter what somebody else's translation or interpretation is. God, I, I want the truth. Yes. Let all men be liars. Let God's Word be true. Yes, amen. amen. We, we, we need to have personal holiness. Yes. We need to have a life that is sanctified unto God. We've quoted probably every service, maybe a couple times every service. Old things, what? Pass away. All things become new. When our priorities are the kingdom of God, we're going to look like a Christian. We're going to talk like a Christian. Amen. It's going to affect every area of our lives. There's not going to be anything in your life. You'll say, well, God looks at the heart. And that's going to affect every part of your life. When God looks at your heart, does that mean there's other areas that aren't maybe your heart that are okay that God doesn't go near? If you make a decision on it, let God be the Lord of your life. Amen. Amen. But so often, so often, not taking anything away from those and many other things we could talk about and we do talk about. Jesus said to his disciples, if you want to be great, you've got to learn how to serve others. Jesus said, it's not how you prove people wrong, push them around, exercise authority over people, but how you serve is how you're like Jesus. Amen. Amen. He left the glory of heaven to Die that we might be saved. If that's not a focus in our life, on our responsibility to bless, to help, to strengthen, amen, to serve. I want to tell somebody here tonight that it's not negotiable. It's not something that is, well, I've got everything else doing really good, but I couldn't care less about, oh, no. 
If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to take up a cross. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to take up a heart and a burden for others. I don't care what you've been through today. Like the brother was saying tonight, it doesn't matter what you're facing. Don't let it distract you from what God has for you. The devil tries so hard to get your focus on you. And sometimes it's the silliest things. And we're missing those around us. I tell you, more than ever before, I feel like the time is, is here that the church needs to step up. All the different committees and all the different programs and all the different formulas that people have that are so shallow. If we can step up and say, God, put your heart in me to care for people. To hear me now. People come to me all the time, and and I think with all the best intentions. Pastor, I want to do something for God. Help me do something for God. Uh, What can I do for God? What are my gifts or what are my talents? And some of you, I know probably at some time or another, many or most of you have asked me similar questions. Make yourself available. Care about people that God brings around you. Touch lives. Touch lives. Amen. Amen. Don't wait for for a day that that is a a, a, a outreach day. Don't wait for a a program that's an outreach program. Be a friend. This world needs people that care. There's a lot of people, and I hear it so often. I'm not here to bash anybody. I'm not here to try to exalt us in any way. But I'm telling you, we... We have such a work to do, and so often it's it's even Christians that are that can be so shallow that that say they love God on the love people on the surface, but really don't have the time to give of themselves. But Jesus did that for you and I. I'm going to tell you, your life will be fulfilled. You can be happy. You can have joy. Are you hearing me tonight? God can give you a life that that you're saying, it's worth living because you are touching lives. Amen. Say, well, I I don't know about all. I don't know. Hey, listen, start praying. Start asking God to make you aware of, uh, of those people that are around you. You never know. It could be a backslider. It could be somebody who's just on the verge of suicide. It could be somebody who who has been crying all night saying, how how can there really be a God? You just don't know. Jesus wants you to be his hands and feet. You've heard it so many times that how seriously do we take it? That everybody around us that's, I'm telling you, these these days we're living in, it's dark times. But God's called us. To rise above that. All the foolish, silly things that have have, have hindered us. That have held us back. When there's there's a work to do. Everybody says, the church needs to do it. This building gets dark when everybody... You're the the one that's going to do it. You're the body of Christ. We together are going to do this. He said, you want to be great? You've heard me say this before. Most of you I know. And how beautiful I think it is that this came out of a, a petty argument. Who's greater? Me, I think I'm greater than you. Oh, no, I'm greater than you. They're all fussing amongst each other, feeling like who's, who's more important? What a waste of time. Yeah. Praise the Lord. What a waste of time. But you know what it is? Jesus didn't really waste time 
rebuking them. Although, you know what? When it was all done, they probably felt pretty dumb. <laughs> right? Wow. He got our... He, he, he pointed us to what is, what is most important, didn't he? Yeah. They probably, probably the ones James and John probably just felt so foolish. He said, you want to be great? Don't try to act like this world. You get behind somebody else. You cheer them on. You help them. You bless them. You pay a price to help somebody else be better. Touch their life. Be their friend. Pray for them. Amen. Strengthen somebody. Because that's what Jesus came to do. That's what he said. He said, because I didn't come to be ministered to. If anybody could have come and said, serve me. Right? God manifested in the flesh. I created you. I made you. Amen. But he didn't come to to be served. He came to serve. What would happen if everybody came to church with that attitude? Really? What if we all, let's not just listen to, let's, let's set this as our goal. What if everybody came to church saying, you know what? I came with a heart to serve. Amen. I, I want to help my brother get a blessing. I want to help my sister get a touch. I want to help the preacher preach the word. I want to help somebody break through. We stay in our little comfort zone and we allow, say, well, give me what I, this is what I want, this is what I need, and this is who didn't uh, do it my way, rather than say, how can I bless and help and serve and give? Personal touch. Praise the Lord. He says, it's not going to be like that with you. You're not going to be like this world. What's important to the world is not, it is what the Bible says, what's highly esteemed among men. It's hateful to God. It's an abomination to God. It's enmity with God. God doesn't like what the world likes. Amen. He don't like flesh. He don't like pride. He resists it. Amen. He said, I came to serve. If I came to serve, Lord, I, I, I better get busy. Amen. My goal and my attitude isn't. Isn't that a boys? Isn't some, isn't, isn't feeling self-important? It's how can I be more of use for the kingdom of God? Philippians, the second chapter, Philippians two. I believe Philippians, Paul is in prison at this time. And I think he's addressing something that he knows is needed at that time. He knows there's he knows there's internal struggles and trouble. There's always going to be. Yeah. Amen. Can I tell you something? I know wherever there's people, there's going to be problems. Right. Oh, but wait a minute. We're Christians. We got the Holy Ghost. Oh yeah. So you you let's 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 take a little time and and listen in on some of your conversations in your Holy Ghost filled household. <laughs> we don't have any problems. We, we, you know, when we walk from the living room to the kitchen, we're about three inches off the ground because we're so holy. God leads here. Yeah. And you got flesh too. Everybody. Oh, you know, if God was there, it wouldn't have happened. I'm going to tell you something where people are there. Do you think did the disciples ever misspeak? We just talked about some of that from our text. How about the children of Israel with Moses? How about in the New Testament after the Holy Ghost? People say, ah, oh, you know, once the Holy Ghost happened. Do you read any of these yes, books in the New Testament? Paul's saying, come on, fulfill ye my joy. Philippians 2, 2. 
fulfill ye my joy. Can I tell you something about Paul? Not only is Paul my confidence in him, but because it's the word of God, I believe Paul is speaking the heart of God. So when Paul says this would make me joyful, I believe he's saying it would make God joyful. That's why it would make me joyful. Amen. If God ain't happy, Paul's not happy. Right? So when Paul says, will you do this to fill me with joy? Because I get filled with joy when God gets filled with joy. So wait a minute. I want to hear what fills God with joy. What if you had the ability to fill God with joy? Amen. Now, I, I know. I know some people, they're saying, well, as long as I am doing the bare minimum. I've heard people actually use those words. As long as I'm doing the bare minimum, I'm still going to. You're not going to get saved. You're not saved. You're not saved with that kind of attitude. Well, praise God. You're not. You have an attitude that says, I'm not worried about God blessing God's heart, loving him, filling him with joy. I'm just trying to get out of trouble, out of hell, and make it into just squeaking through the gates of heaven. That's not what the Bible says is salvation. That's not what Jesus bled and died for. God, want to make God joyful? That you be like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord. And of one mind, what's that talking about? We all have the same goals. That doesn't mean we're never going to disagree. I've heard people, oh, they get, I've seen them walk out the door. How can two walk together except they be agreed over petty little differences that are just personalities, quirks? I'm going to tell you, let me say it again. You've got that in your home. Amen. You've got that, praise God, wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's not saying that we're not going to have disagreements or, or struggles or misunderstandings, but it means we're all working toward the same thing. We're all on the same team trying to glorify God. Keep your focus on what we ought to be focused on, God's kingdom, God's work. We're all working towards it. What does the Bible say about unity? It says endeavoring. Two things about that. Number one, it's hard work. Number two, it is ing. That means doing. It's current. It's happening. It's not, okay, we got that done. It doesn't say endeavor. It doesn't say you've endeavored. It says endeavoring. That means we got to keep on working at it. Amen. Like-minded. If we get together with all of our differences and all of the things that annoy us and say, I'm going to put that aside and we're going to, we're going to cross the finish line together. We're going to help see revival. We're going to help see a soul saved. We're going to pray and work together. And all that other stuff is just silly because it's keeping us from being great for God and giving him joy. Amen. Amen. Endeavoring. Same love. Well, praise God. Uh, Say what you will. I mean, it's our love isn't based on our personalities. It's based on God loves you. So that makes you valuable to me. Amen. I don't have to just like every single thing you do. How silly is that? Amen. Because, I mean, when you get down to it, I don't know how you feel, but I'm just like, well, if if we're counting quirks, I'm the weirdest of them all. (laughs) Amen. I'm not. uh, All those fingers pointing back at you. Amen. Just because you... You don't see yours doesn't mean you don't have a bunch of them. 
and every everybody that's ever marched in my office over there said, you know what really bothers me about them? And I thought, oh, do you want to hear what bothers them about you? <laughs> Sometimes their list is longer. Yeah. Is their list as important as your list? How about we take that silly list, put it aside, and, yes, sir. and do the work of the kingdom of God? Hallelujah. One accord, one mind. Praise God that, that we can just keep our focus on what God is doing. When we start looking at ourselves and say, well, I, I want to do the will of God, but I'm so much greater than that one. I'm so much greater than this one. Forget about it. Jesus is who we are trying to glorify. Amen. Let nothing be done. Verse 3. Through strife or vain glory. I am more excited about being the pastor of this church than I have ever been. Amen. And I think some of you are more excited about being here than you've ever been. I appreciate you being so open about that. But can I tell you something? I still tremble when I see how easy it is for us to get off track. How easy it is for the enemy to start to work on our minds and try to come against us and and make us get our mind and our eyes on my feelings and what I want and what I see. Hey, there's all we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Not strife or vain. That that means we're on a team. We're not competing against one another. Amen. We're not we're, we if you do well, that's that's our victory. If you're strong, we're strong. How how can we get our eyes off of that? Rejoicing together for victory is not competing. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. I've seen it so many times. Hear me. Because somebody who just see they they know just what the Bible teaches about uh, uh, about sound doctrine, but yet they miss it. They know what the Bible teaches about holiness, yet they miss it because they get so much, so much of their attention on people and not on God. And then when you see people in their weakness, that's your opportunity to say, I want to inspire them. I want to strengthen them. I want to help them. I don't want to tear them down, wear them down. I want to build them up and edify them. Your gifts are worthless if they're not edifying the church. Amen. Your gifts, if all they do is honor you, you know what the, the, the principle that we see in 1 Corinthians 14, somebody that just, you know, we believe in the messages and tongues and interpretation that we've heard had around here recently and, and uh, believe in it, pray for it. But if somebody would just kind of stand up in the middle of something like what's going on right now and just kind of rather than the spirit orchestrating it. No matter how much you feel it, the Bible says your spirit, the spirit of God working in you is subject to you. Spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets, is what it says. So you don't uh, overpower or interrupt. Are you hearing me? Amen. Because you want to edify. And if you do that and it's just speaking in tongues and there's. It's interrupting, and but it's and there's no interpretation. The Bible says that's just really confusion. Amen. Right. 
That's really a principle for any gift. If you get up and you feel like, hey, I feel so good about what I did, but it didn't edify the church. That's that's worthless to the church. That's not what God does. He didn't come down and, and bear our sins on Calvary for his own good. He did it for us. So our example is that we labor to edify one another. And when we see there's weakness and struggle, so many times, I, I know I've said it many times, so many times I've seen, you know, we're going through problems. People say, oh, man, there's problems. And phew, you, if you only knew, <laughs> you probably only see a small fraction of what's going on. We need people to get behind it and help the church move forward. People are fighting battles. People are, are going through trouble. People are sometimes going through hard times and and sometimes they're they're not making the best decisions be a blessing be a help be a strength yeah. don't run the other way yeah. hope for the best right. amen? amen hope for the best look at somebody you know i knew they weren't real i knew it was going to happen what a waste of time yeah. pray for them oh what if i pray and pray and pray they still don't you did the will of god do you don't, do you think you're well, praise God. You think you're going to waste time praying for anybody? You think you're going to waste time helping somebody? Oh, what if they disappoint me? You, you're going to be disappointed. Life happens like that. Work together for God's glory. Amen. Amen. Problems that come by, handle them reasonably. How I, I just don't understand how people get so angry so quickly to where they just just feel like everybody's fake and phony and wrong and everybody's like, come on now. That's that's the flesh. That's the flesh. There's going to be problems. Amen. I don't expect you to say hallelujah. But it's the truth. There's going to be problems. You're going to have problems. I'm going to have problems. You're going to be problems maybe sometimes. Stay reasonable. Don't get carnal. Amen. Don't get carnal. Don't you? Don't work. Don't don't allow yourself to. You know, I, to to love and serve and give and do all you can, and then maybe there's a misunderstanding or maybe a mistake happens. God forbid somebody makes a mistake. Then all of a sudden we just feel like it, it's everything's falling apart and God's not. Listen, we just handle things together. We fix problems. You know, right after the Holy Ghost was poured out, you'll see it in the book of Acts. You'll see there were people that were saying, you know what, we don't think uh, uh, the, some of these widows are, are being helped. Well, we'll fix that. We'll work on that. We'll do something. That's, that's just how the church does it. Work together. Expect that to happen. We get all up in our head. Oh, you know, it's just going to be a problem. And I don't want it. Oh, just work together. There's pro- we need help. You could be a help. Amen. Work together for God's glorious. Don't jump to conclusions all the time. Let nothing do through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That takes the Holy Ghost. That's not flesh. That's not flesh. To be able to say, you know what? I know my own problems, my own uh, struggles, my own battles. I know where I've been. Amen. I'm not trying to put myself above anybody. I want to serve and help and, and be like Jesus who took that that uh, towel and girded himself and washed feet. Yeah. Yeah. Where's, the, where's the glory in that? God gets the glory. 
God gets the glory. That's the bottom line. Hallelujah. Let each esteem other better than themselves. That's what the Bible says. You're going to need the Holy Ghost for that. Verse four, look not every man to his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Very few ever get to a place where they come to church and that is happening. That's in your Bible. You, you're following along in your Bible. I didn't. That's not my notes. That's my Bible. I'm reading. Amen. That we come and think more about others and what their needs and what's going to strengthen them and help them. That's what God said. Very few consider this, but this is prime time to minister, to help, to serve. Help me be a blessing. Help me be a strength. Help me be a friend. Help me touch somebody's life. Amen. Amen. When was the last time God just laid it on you? Just pray for somebody. I guarantee you every time we walk in the door, somebody needs prayer. Amen. How focused are you on yourself? Hey, I'm not saying don't be at all focused. But sometimes you got to be open to God. Help me be a blessing. Somebody else. Amen. So we're called to minister. Called to serve one another. Not called to be better than one another. Called to help others get better. Amen. Let this mind. See, here it is again. Remember when we in our text when Jesus said, you want to be great? Minister, serve. Because the Son of Man didn't come to be served. He came to serve. He goes on this exact same thing. Paul says to the Philippian church, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So good. A lot of the struggles that we face are our mind games, right? Mind battles. A lot of times also focused in on our feelings, our attitudes, our emotions as well. Get caught up in that, of course. But. Having the mind of Christ means so much more than just not thinking on on filthy things or worldly things. But it means having this mind who, look, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. The mind of Christ is humbling yourself. And took upon him the form of a servant was made in the likeness of men. Being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Here it is again. All these great principles of serving, ministering, loving, helping, blessing, serving like Jesus. To be like Jesus. Can you believe all these things and still not... Serve like Jesus? Absolutely. But if you have it God's way, you're going you're gonna to love people. You're going to want to help them. You want to bless them. You know, you're not here to try, to try to publish your greatness. You're here to help God's people, God's church, God's kingdom be blessed and strengthened. Amen? Being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself. I want to serve. I want to help. Going to minister. Going to touch somebody's life. Going to be a friend to sinners. Going to be a help to those that are hurting. Touching the lives of those that are filled with devils. Amen. A lot of people I've seen over the years just discerning spirits all over the place. 
I don't like going over there because I feel spirits. I don't like being around this person. I feel spirits. What can God do to use you to see them set free? Your discernment is not just so you go walk away and say, hey, guess what? I can discern spirits to help you take the next step and say, God, help me touch their life so they can be free. You don't ever see Jesus saying, hey, they got a spirit. Oh, they got a spirit too. Oh, a bunch of spirits over there. He's touching their lives, helping them get free. Amen. God's going to help you strengthen those that are weak and bless those that are hurting. Amen. He made himself a no reputation. You know something? Being a Christian, you're going to be talked about. You're going to be laughed at. You're going to be criticized. And... uh and you're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You're going to be all right. You follow Jesus. Yes, Keep your eyes on God. Amen. Keep your eyes on God. Let him smile on your life. Amen. Let him say well done. Yes. Let him strengthen you and be where you get your, your, your blessings from. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Your reputation amongst those that are trying to tear you down and, and hurt you, you need to just run to Jesus. How can I strengthen? You know, in one place, David and Paul both write that for the hurt and the hatred and the, the, the suffering that they received, they returned blessing and help and love. And that's the life of a child of God. You got enough of God's love in you and, and the fellowship of the people that God's put in your life that you can... Get slapped and turn the other cheek and say, I'll be all right. I'm not going to fight back. I don't, need to, I don't need to win an argument with you. Amen? That's what Jesus did. Our calling is to minister. Our calling is to serve. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 25. Matthew 25. I want to bring this down to you, what the Word says. I want to bring this down to you as serious as God has laid it on my heart. Matthew 25, verse 44. This comes right after. This is prophetic. This is end times kind of teaching. This is after Matthew 24, of course, talking about when all these things come to pass. Know that the coming of the Son of Man is right at the door. Matthew 25, verse 44 says, Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not what? Minister unto thee. We didn't meet the need. We didn't serve. We didn't take all that Holy Ghost, all that power of God, and help somebody, strengthen somebody, meet the need that was right there in front of us. We had it, but we hid it away. Then shall he answer unto them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not, did what not, didn't minister, didn't serve. You're called to serve. And as much as you didn't do it to the least of one of these. Don't you choose who's worth it. Jesus said the least. The one that you think is the biggest waste of your time. You love them and help them if you have that opportunity. Because Jesus said when you didn't do it to the least of these, my brother. That's it. While you're standing back and saying, ah, look at them wasting their time. Look at them doing that. Jesus says you didn't do it to me. You don't see this. Well, they got a reward and you didn't get a reward. You didn't get a crown, but they got a crown. No, it says then you didn't do it to me. And look what it says. 
And these shall go away into everlasting punishment. But the righteous into eternal life. Wow. This whole idea that you can live your life selfish, self-centered, self-important, proud, worried more about you than anybody else, and just not get some kind of reward is not what the Bible's talking about. This Bible says when you turn your nose up at the least of these, you've turned it up to me, and you have guaranteed your, your doom because you have been called a minister. The blood that has been applied on you that we, we sang about tonight, that spirit that is in you is the spirit of Christ. It's the spirit of Jesus in you. It's a whole lot more than speaking in tongues. Amen. It's going to cause you to walk in the spirit, live in the spirit. Not to bicker and complain and to find fault and to tear down and to they feel like you're, you're something because you see that. No, no, no. Build up, strengthen, bless. Get behind somebody. Amen. And help them up. Try to be a strength to somebody who's weak. Right. It's so easy to tear down. Yeah. Amen. Any bully can do that. Yeah. You know, this church doesn't have bullies. God's church doesn't have bullies. God's church has people that love, care, compassion. You want to be like Jesus. You can't, you can't claim to be saved and not be like him. You can't claim to have it and have your own agenda that I want to win. I want to be better. I want to be the one. No, you've got to humble yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. We're called to minister. I'm telling you, you, this is what Jesus talked about. When you seek your life and to make your life, you're going to lose it. But you seek to lose your life for the kingdom's sake. That's when you're going to feel the joy. You start loving and serving and giving, pouring out your love to others. That's when you feel that abundant life really live in you. Because God's called you to this. This is the life that God has saved you for. He didn't save you just to to get your focus on you. And then try to get to heaven as quick as you can without messing it up. No, get to work. Get to work doing something for the kingdom of God. Folks that know right, know the truth, have an understanding of the truth, have an understanding of what it means to be called out, to be God's people, and then hide that and allow the foolishness of uh, of disunity, of picking people apart, of... Uh, of trying to, to, to figure out who's greater and who's not. That's such a waste of time. Let's get to our calling to serve others while there's still time. Bow your heads in prayer, please. Oh, hallelujah. I want to do more for him. God's heart and God's will We see it in Jesus. We see him setting aside his own reputation and being a servant. God, help me. Help me to serve. Help me, Lord. I know, I know there's a lot of trouble going on. I know there's a lot of things that, that, that even hurt us sometimes. Don't let it distract you from 
your call to minister, to serve. Come on, let's let's pray. Let's talk to God. I want to do more for you, God. I want to I want to touch somebody's life. I want to help somebody see that you're alive in me. I want them to have a friend.
your light through our lives. Oh, hallelujah. I've seen it so many times here recently. Not everybody's not everybody's going to want it, but listen, they need they need to see it. They haven't seen a lot of it in this cold world. They haven't seen a lot of that love of God. They haven't seen a lot of the reality, the authenticity of of a Christian that'll be a friend that'll serve and help them. And they're looking for that but they're not finding it. But you, you have what this world needs. You have. You have the truth. Shine that light. Use use your time. Use your, your energy. Whatever it takes, use it to be a servant. Because you're called the minister. Hallelujah. Let's all stand, Father. Thank you again for your presence. Thank you, Lord. And just... Lord, the fire that you put in me, God, tonight, God, I pray that it would ignite other hearts and lives, God, in this last day, this evil day that we're living in, God, help us, Lord, to be on fire for you, with your love, with your, Lord, with your compassion, with your spirit. Bless each one now, I pray, and help us just see those around us that need to hear from you, hear about you, to need to see, Lord, your light to need to feel your touch god and lord keep us safe as we travel keep us protected god and and lord just keep us in your care we love you we thank you lord we ask it in jesus name amen 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 god bless you church